Welcome in to a celebratory, a relevatory, a rapturous at the buzzer. We are Colorado Athletics premier podcast. We discuss everything that needs talking about with the Ralphie Report. And we are recording this on Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. <laughs> Almost 24 hours after one of the best events I have ever seen in a Colorado athletics context. I am one co-host, Jack. Over there is the other co-host, Sam. Say hello, Sam. Hello. I'm very happy. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, but that, we just saw one of the, the greatest things I think I've ever seen for Colorado football. Which might sound hyperbolic, but it really, it really is. <laughs> it feels like if we had won the Michigan game in 2016, like that's how we would be celebrating. And I was at that game, yeah. But yes, I, I was, yeah. Let's, let's, let's stop beating around the bush. Co- Colorado in its first game under Deion Sanders after the long offseason where everyone talked about CU. Um, played the reigning national championship runner-up, TCU, ranked 17 in the country. At TCU Stadium, Amon G. Carter Stadium. Um, <laughs> and won. CU won the fucking game. And we're pirate radio, so we can cuss now. But yeah. And CU won the game. It wasn't fluky at all. In fact, it probably should have been more towards CU. <laughs> CU beat the other team. As the, it was a, it was they beat them. They it wasn't that TCU lost the game. It's that CU beat no. TCU. And uh, I was I hosted a watch party, uh, in the the fine state of Colorado. We got Santiago's burritos beforehand. We got mm. two crockpots going, entirely too much alcohol, and uh, we cra- we crammed you know up to twenty people in the room. And uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I saw certain grown adults cry tears of joy at the end of that game, man. Cry tears of joy at the end of that game because everyone in that room uh, has been CU fan for at least 10 to 15 years. 10 to 15 years. And I don't know, Sam, I'll, I'll stop talking for a while and let you talk about it. But for the last 10 to 15 years, like you said, there were a few sporting, few CU games that hit that emotional nadir. Definitely the Michigan game. Definitely the Utah game in 2016. But it's up there, man. It is up there. It's up there. In the last 20 years, yes, because this has not been a fun 20 years. It's been no. mostly, like I was thinking, because after last night's game, I put on my Jordan Dyson jersey and went to a party <laughs> and was cycling around the city and like, like fucking celebrating because it's like we don't we don't yeah. get these. We yeah. had what yeah. like eight. Eight wins in the last like five years, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's been gross. It's been <laughs> awful. Well. Eleven last year. Yeah, it's the, the yeah. worst. We've had like the two worst Power Five seasons in the last ten years. That is not a hyperbole. In yes. both years, we were probably the worst team in the country, yes. just flat out. Yes, we get to celebrate. We get this. We have elite players right now. We have yeah. a fun coach. We have. A competent coaching staff like we it's it's just it's a luxury we like literally we haven't had (laughs) a good quarterback 
like an actually good, good quarterback. Like as much as I love Sefo, he was like more of a tight end. He was a great college quarterback. Yes, Shador Sanders a, is a great quarterback. Yes, which we haven't had since what 2004, 2005 with Joel Klatt. And before that, um, Corey Detmer, I think. Bobby Corey Detmer was great in 2001. Yes, but, but Shadir is looking closer to the Cordell Stewart side of the scale already, which is crazy that he goes out and throws 510 fucking passing yards and four touchdowns so, in his debut. But, I want to zoom out. Can I zoom? I'm going to yes, zoom out. Yes, more. of course. Of so, course. I'm just excited. CU beats the top 20 team on the road for the first time in 2002, since 2002. That's where this game was, factually. But I just just think back. We both recorded last year at least 12 times for CU games. We recorded last year's TCU recap. And I I just can't help but think, think of the difference in a year. Like, it is so completely different. Than it was last year. Like it, it is in just how lucky are we that this is this mm-hmm. is fucking Colorado football? We know we have an expectation for what that means, which is generally poor, generally bad in all aspects, generally under the radar, and try, hoping against hope to beat three other shitty Pac-12 teams. Right? Like that's kind of what it's been. And I know one of us. One of us wanted Bronco Mendenhall hired over Dion because they wanted to be content I, with six and, and six seasons. That I was me. Maintain, that was me. That was me. And we, I, I will maintain long term. That's not the worst. But who cares? Yeah. So, um, this is not that right. This is like see, it was a cultural event yesterday. It went. It was past college football. See, it was a cultural event yesterday when they won like that is something that even bill mccartney very rarely reached that level that was like national championship bill mccartney reached that level mm-hmm. and i i'm sick of seeing people say i've seen this a few times from national analysts say they're celebrating like they won the national championship it's like hey dude screw off like yeah we are have you seen see you for the last 10 years have you seen it no we that's the point the you haven't seen year? it we, we rushed beat the Cal field after by one point. Cal. Oh my God! I'm so, I, I like it is. It just feels so relieving. It feels uh, joyous. It's just, it's joyous. It was joyous yesterday watching that. Um, and I'll I'll stop now with the emotional, um, the emotional pleas, I guess. But like, damn, dude, I was just watching that football game and. It was so fun to be like, oh, see, you can look like that. And it was one year. It was one year ago, the day that we saw Frank Phillips celebrate like it was the best thing in the world after losing to Utah by 37 because he caught a touchdown pass in his last college game. And I love Frank Phillips. He was completely screwed by the administration and the coaching staff he had. But that was the end of last year. And then the next game CU plays is this game. You can't think of a bigger difference. You really can't think of a bigger difference. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. Are we are we trying not to overreact? No. Screw. I, I'm going to overreact so hard. That's bullshit. Absolutely overreact. College football is fun. We are having fun. That's what this is, man. Uh huh. So, anyways, 
Let's uh, now we can zoom in a little bit more. Like you said, okay, Stuart okay, Sanders. Sure. That was that. Uh, was that the greatest single game performance by a Colorado quarterback ever? That's a it's question. Close, it's close to it. Because I know. All right, wait, wait, okay, okay. Just the poise, the composure, the accuracy, just everything you want. Makes the easy throws, makes it look easy. When he does get pressure, when he does have to make a great play, he does. He has that capability. He's throwing fucking dimes on the few deep passes he has. He could have easily thrown another couple touchdown passes if things had gone a little differently. That um, um, The Travis Hunter drop after the pick when Trevor Woods yeah. picked off with that that's gonna haunt both of them which we can talk about mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about both of them but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sorry well we would have started 14-0 with that yeah. uh-huh yeah the um there was like a slight overthrow on Xavier Weaver that Xavier mm-hmm. Weaver could have caught that he didn't catch mm-hmm. we ended mm-hmm. up punting and they scored yeah um there was a throw over the middle to Jimmy Horn which was just a little bit too far but yep. Horn probably could have caught that too. And it's like, ooh, those are three big plays that could have come back. <laughs> you know, that's 33% of his incompletions right there, by the way. That's uh-huh. 33% yeah. of the incompletions he had in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> he didn't he didn't throw in an inaccurate ball the whole game. And the one time he did, it was an under throw that drew drew an offensive pass or a defensive pass interference. Like literally, yeah. he didn't make a mistake all game. Yeah. Yeah. The only mistake he made was like a third and three where instead of throwing the ball away, he ran out of bounds and we still made the field goal after that. There was um okay, let me I guess let me start with this. And I am so sorry to be this mean, but mm-hmm. also not his fault. Um three CU quarterbacks started yesterday, right? Brendan Lewis started at Nevada, JT Shroud started at Arkansas State. Oh, Shadour Lord. Sanders started at Colorado, okay? Oh, are you going to compare the stats? No, 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 no. Not going to compare the stats. And we love Brendan Lewis. We have Ralphie Report remains a Brendan Lewis podcast. But, oh, my God. The difference, man. The difference. Our, Oklahoma beat Arkansas State 73 to nothing, by the way, just to let you know. And we watched – crying. So we watched that last year. And watching Shadour Sanders this year – what a breath of fresh air. We said it all offseason. It's going to be nice to see a CU quarterback lead receivers to anticipate throws. There was a dime. I don't know if you remember this play, but there was a dart where I forgot. It was like third and eight or something. Shador Sanders throws to a spot that Xavier Reed is going to be in about half a sec, like so far ahead of time. Perfectly lost the ball over two linebackers and just enough under the two deep safeties. Xavier Weaver has to run mm-hmm. to go get that ball. Oh, and he did. Yeah, that was beautiful. But if that was I just watched the throw and I'm like, oh my god, that's what NFL, that's that's what it looks like. That's uh-huh. what it looks like right there. Like you said, there's another throw. That's Stefan Lufau days. That's not a Stefan Lufau throw, man. And it's not against Stefan Lufau, but that's just new to us. That it's yeah. just new to us to see that. That was also like a third and twelve player, third and eight, whatever, where he stepped up in the pocket and just threw an absolute piss missile to Jimmy Horn down the middle. Yep. Yep. It was like, oh my God. Yep. Okay. Yep. You got the this. touchdown, the touchdown to Jimmy Horn, where he scrambled out. Jimmy Horn broke this guy's ankles twice yep. and was Gross. wide open. And then Gross. you see the quarterbacks recognize that and just throw a nice easy ball. 
and the absolute confidence on this former 1-11 team where Jimmy Horn just grabbed it and looked right at the DB because he knows. Yeah, you, you got toasted, you know, you're done. <laughs> I toasted you, dude. Gotcha. Oh, my God. And that was to take the lead in the middle, midway through the fourth quarter, right? Like, that's, that is a high-pressure situation. Oh, man. I, I wish he would have I wish he would have caught that a little more stable. That's my only thing. A little more what? A little more stable. What do you mean? You know, he like the way he caught. Oh it, yeah, 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 yeah. Was casual. I was like, ooh, no, nope. please yeah. don't do that. Yeah, please don't yeah. do that. It looks cool. Um, also, um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, Xavier Weaver, fantastic. Well, um, the throw. Hang on a second. Wait, I had another one. Oh, my favorite thing too is the easy throws are easy for Shadur. Yeah, yeah. Like he goes through. There was the fourth and two where it would look like, or the the pass to Dylan Edwards on fourth down. That yep. scored the touchdown, the opening touchdown. It yeah. was like the fourth read on that play. Yep. And Shadur is just calm, goes through, goes through. Nope, nothing there. Oh, I have the guy in the flat. And it's like that every time. Every time yeah. his it's it not is there. so it's, there. It, it's so calm watching in the pocket. Yeah, his pocket presence. I, I just it makes me feel calmer. It's like three seconds of like, yeah. okay, he knows what he's doing. And we we literally haven't had that. <laughs> no, not man. in my lifetime or not, not no. in my adult life not in my teen life not since i was seven years old watching so shador sanders 510 yards yesterday four yep. touchdowns nine incompletions um gross yeah he's gonna be the fbs up there in the fbs passing leaders after week one which you know week one means exactly that but still man it's what a delight. And once again, TCU went to the national championship last year. Their defense isn't, like, incredible. It's not like they went because of their defense. But I'll tell you what, yeah. like, that's not nothing, man. That that's Well, their defensive line is – their D-line is very good. Um, and, and he, he went out – And good. Well, I will, yeah, I was going to say the DBs, like the DBs that TCU went against is the strength of the team. Josh Newton is on the All-American watch list, right? Like, mm-hmm. Avery Helm is solid. Former Colorado player Mark Perry was good last year for a national championship runner-up team. Like yeah, those guys are all still there, the man. NFL if he wanted to last year, those guys are all still there. So, just saying, like this is a legit team that he just dunked on, and he fucking dunked on them. That was Shadur Sanders dunking on TCU yesterday, man. Like I don't know, it, it's it was so fun to watch, and you know I think a lot of people nationally. I I heard a bunch. I heard some stuff basically that the biggest underrated part of this team is Shadur Sanders because they see yes. the last name and they kind of, they, they assume that that means nepotism a little bit. Um, but dude, like he is a legitimate top 25 quarterback, I would guess, at least after week one mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like I don't, I can't think of 24 other quarterbacks better than him right now. And like I said, we're overreacting, but it's fun. Who cares? We'll see you. Well, I mean like draft more. draft analysts have, Included him in like what like top ten quarterback recruits or prospects, yeah, man. Before this, like like they yeah. know he's good, yeah. And he just it, he looked he looked semi like an NFL quarterback. He looked like he knew what he was doing all the time out there. And that's, he looks like an NFL quarterback. I even thought yeah. that yeah. He's um it was so fun. That was just so fun to, to watch and complete control over this offense, which was installed in like two goddamn days. So you know that's gonna give more fun too. But um. He knows where to go with the ball, and I I'm, I love watching him yesterday. Um. Yeah. Well, 
he had four 100-yard receivers yesterday. Uh, yep. We mentioned Xavier Weaver, who looks I love big him and so much. You know that. We've nice talked about him many outside. times. Yeah. Uh, he, yes, he, but he, yeah. we haven't seen them, Jack. That's the thing. I know. Like, I know. You know who these guys are. We're learning about them for the first time. Jimmy Horn, he's so powerfully built. He's just yeah, man. I, 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 what I love about Xavier Weaver to me, and I know I wish I had better words, but he's just a wide receiver, ass wide receiver. And so yeah. I describe it where it's just like mm-hmm. he he just looks like it all the time. He just looks like a wide receiver, like he's built exactly like you build a wide receiver in Madden, and he just is open yeah. all the time, and he catches he everything. Michael, Michael Crabtree, uh, type. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, you, you like that is that is what you want to see, and he's open, he's experienced all the time. Um, you know those intermediate routes, he just feasts on those intermediate routes. He's open twelve yards downfield, and mm-hmm. we have a quarterback that can hit those windows. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Um, Jimmy Horn, like you said, okay, yes, we got so quick. we got Dylan <laughs> Dylan Edwards in his fucking oh. debut, true oh. freshman. Oh, four touchdowns man. takes four two different touchdowns. screen passes 75 yards to the house oh my god and how fun was that that first how touchdown he had that? i was like oh nice a six yard little gain and then he makes the defender miss and then torches everybody yeah eats up that eats up the angles that they had on him i was like ooh, yeah okay. the um the screen something. pass where he outran his O line, came back mm-hmm. under the O line, and I thought I should have kept it cutting it upfield. And then he goes back out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he gets a incredible downfield block from Jack Wilty. Shout out Jack Wilty, who gets just enough on the three guys by him. And then Dylan Edwards. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw a CU offensive player do this too. Just said like, okay, I'm faster than you. Bye. Like and he did that like three more times where. On that screen pass, three guys are right by him. He gets a little chip lock, and he just goes, and I'm gone. You know, I'm gone. It's fun. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and that the fourth and two, the last touchdown of the game, just to you, same thing. Middle of the field, one-on-one with the linebacker in the flat, and Dylan Edwards does more than run past that guy. He just runs past. The safety took an angle that was probably for a normal man, and then Dylan Edwards just literally high step past, like fake cut in, high step past him. I was like, holy shit. Okay, so this guy's just the fastest player in the country. We just have the fastest player in the country. That's not true, but he's up there as a, as our freshman running back. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. Like yeah, for all the for all the depth chart charting we were doing, like ooh, what about Alta McCaskill? What about Cavosia? Was hurt. Smoke. Yes. Okay. But didn't play yesterday. Yeah. Yes, and they're both limited, right? Cavosia uh, Smoke. I don't. I, he was dressed, but he didn't play yesterday. Um, there was some social media chatter that his mom was ill, so he was. I guess. Okay. Focusing on that, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but um, yeah, he, he did not play yesterday. So the, the three main running backs we saw were, were Edwards, Hankerson, and Wilkerson. And, and McCaskill. Yeah, and CBR Wilkerson had his touchdown was beautiful because then we got to see defensive <laughs> tackle Bishop Thomas just absolutely demolish that guy. Yeah, man, uh, that was that was a good hole. And then Mark Perry made a business decision, and he decided to go pretend to get blocked by another dude and just try <laughs> to walk in. Like, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Um, and we haven't even mentioned once the freak that we're gonna. Oh, we well, that's gonna. It's the next ten minutes, right? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What do we what do we even do with Tra- Travis Hunter? What, what do we say about him? Other than he can uh-huh. be a starting receiver and starting cornerback in the NFL right now. Let's go, uh yeah. Let's just let's just be super mean and hot takey. CU has the best player in the country, right? Right? I mean, right? Uh maybe. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the country because he's just He's the best receiver prospect I've ever seen, I think. Marvin Harrison Jr. Here's where I'm but, here's where I'm gonna start. Here's where, I'm gonna start on the mean side, which is hilarious because how do you even how do you even critique what happened yesterday? But I'm about to. Right? And this is where I'll start and then and then I'll let you go for it. Travis Hunter dropped a 50-yard touchdown pass in the second drive of the game. Okay. Yeah. Travis Hunter dropped a pick that he ran the route for the receiver. Mm-hmm. And had the pick in his hand and dropped the interception. Travis mm-hmm. Hunter had another touchdown called back by defensive pass interference because he was bobbling the ball and he made the most incredible catch I've, I've seen in a long time uh, against Josh Newton in the corner of the end zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. He also in had another head, play where he dove out fully on the sideline and had it hit the ground, bobbled it, caught it again, but it was out of bounds. So in my head, four big miscaps he had. Yeah, in in my head, Travis Hunter yesterday could have had three touchdowns, could have had two picks, and could have played 120 snaps. Okay, that's where I'm going to start. Now, what he actually had was one touchdown, 120 receiving yards, 129 snaps, and a pick. And uh, I'll let you go for it, but that pick was one of the craziest pieces of shit I've ever seen. Like that that pick was otherworldly um and i don't know i it's it, that's that's why you hire Deion sanders is because mm-hmm. talent matters um and he knows how to make talent happen um that is some of the most talented play i've ever seen in the c uniform ever 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 like going back to the night ever ever so i don't think i've seen an interception like that before uh, like- yeah and you know it, it just like you said, you talk about draft shit. I don't care about the NFL, so I don't care about the yeah. draft people that much. But that's how you kind of knew it was a big deal. And you could go back at that exact timestamp and look at every single draft guy watching that game or watching any game, and every single one of them go, "Oh my god, that is un- <laughs> that is unreal." That's like you know the football ass football guys are like that. I've never seen that. Play. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, no, I I've, I've literally never seen that happen. <laughs> Well, he knew it was coming. It wasn't even his guy that he was guarding initially, I think. He saw it like like the, the first interception where Chanley Morris threw it to Trevor Woods, that was a bad read. That was he uh, saw an in-breaking route. Trevor Woods was on it, forced it. Trevor Woods got it. This one was Hunter took away the first option, it looked like. And then Morris was kind of checking down to the flat. And Hunter was two yards away. like when he started to move and yep. just fully just a last yep. though yep. dove into that ball yep, and then didn't even fully have it until he went under and he, the, he and duck like, and rolled yep he duck and rolled to make sure yeah. he had the catch and it was like like literally like the closest thing you can say is he apparated because yeah. he was just so fast to that ball yeah like what 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 even like that doesn't that doesn't happen i yeah i remember <laughs> i think like yeah I remember there was like an Ernie Sims interception in like 2006 
where he was just on a standstill and then just dove sideways and picked it off one-handed. That's what I'm thinking about in terms of just like a, a player who just that much more talented than everyone on the field that they can just move without actually doing anything. Like, Yeah, and I think the other player I want to mention too is when you see you really needed it, down three, third and 16, back up against the old end zone on oh, the 10-yard yeah. line, 90 yards to go. One-on-one, Travis Hunter, and he will win that every time, man. It was, that yeah, was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. It, he's just – yeah, I just – you know, it, everyone's going to talk about it, him, as they should. He's he's already – people are talking about his Heisman candidacy. Deion Sanders said at halftime, if Shadur Sanders throws that deep ball better and if he picks off that ball, he's got the Heisman chilling in his crib, which is a very great line for your head coach to say, but like, it's, you know, like, what do you even, I, I love watching CU players that are that good. I just like watching yeah. that. That's it's how I keep, it's very simple. Also, like, how crazy is it that multiple people online were saying, or like, like multiple NFL writers were basically saying, is he too valuable of a receiver to play DB? And other people yep. saying, is he too valuable of a yep. CB to play receiver? Yep. And, and a lot of people nationally are saying that he can't keep playing 120 snaps a game, which I no, guess I no. would imagine mere mortals probably can't. I He might be, have ascended already, so he's like a weird Achilles deal where he'll never he'll never get tired. But yeah, you're right. That's crazy. It's crazy to play 100. That's a, there's a reason why people don't do it. Um, but I will like, say... Not even like, like the two-week players we've seen, like Miles Jack, Shaq Thompson... Um, Oh wait, what? There was one more. Oh, Adoree Jackson. They were like, yeah. they were just like spot. Like they they didn't play that many minutes. Like Charles Woodson didn't play that many snaps at receiver. Is like so, Deion Sanders didn't play that many snaps at receiver. It was just situational. Like they weren't full time. I I would say a good a good analog is a guy named Chris Gamble. You know who Chris Gamble is. He played at Ohio um, I State. Him, I don't remember. And then he, the he played for the Panthers. Yeah, he was a cornerback in the NFL. But he played for Ohio State in 2002 when they won the national championship. He played every snap at wide receiver and cornerback and on special teams. Um, so I, I, it's been done. But also, you're right. You you definitely risk injury like that. And, and we know what he can do um, on both sides. So, you know, I would say that the, the smarter call would be to, to pick a side where you want him in the clutch moments. And then don't need him for the rest of the moments. Um, but I don't. I'm gonna. I'm. Here's what I'll say: is I will just enjoy seeing as much of him as possible now because he's special, man. That is that is mm-hmm. yeah, that is everything that they said he was. He is everything that they said he was. I wouldn't say pick a side necessarily. I would say like like Shohei Otani would be the comparison right now. Is that he plays the less demanding position all the time, which would be cornerback. And then he only like situationally plays the more physical, the more injury prone type position that will have him running fly routes and stuff like that. And then that would be receiver. And I think like in games that are not that fast paced, that many plays happening and maybe not like, like the game where, if you don't score, you're in trouble. You might not lose. If you don't score, like, right now. Yeah. I think that he can take more snaps off at receiver moving forward, especially if the receiver group is as good as they are. 
And they are. Um, and Javon Antonio will hopefully come back. I think he got hurt in that game, so he'll hopefully be back. But, yeah, I, I think that's what I would do is play a little bit of less wide receiver. But when he's in, um, he wants to pass for it, right? He is the best player on the team. So, I, I – God damn. I, it was so fun to watch him. It was just so fun to watch him. Oh, man. And, yeah, every other podcast you listen to in college football will be talking about Travis Hunter today. I guarantee yes. it. Um, I have a question. Um, okay. Why was TCU throwing the ball on us at all when they were averaging, like, eight yards per carry? Just Kendall Bryles is the offensive coordinator? Yes. Uh, my other question is, why is Kendall Bryles coaching? Why does he have a job? Uh, we said a few jobs. He's had a lot of jobs after the Baylor stuff. And never forget that uh, TCU's strength and conditioning coach uh, was Baylor's strength and conditioning coach during the uh, Art Riles era and did a lot to help cover up some things for that administration. But um, that's why the good guys won yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's – yeah. It, it, Deion Sanders said something interesting in his coach's pregame show. Um, in Boulder, where I guess Tudor Sanders was committed to FAU to play for Lane Kiffin at the time. Kendall Bryles was the offensive coordinator at FAU. Um, and when Shador Sanders decided to play for his dad, Deion Sanders said that Kendall Bryles had some not so nice things to say about Shador Sanders. Um, nice. which you know, maybe that showed up yesterday. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, he, I'm. I, they were averaging eight yards per carry, I think, of the game, and Amani Bailey destroyed CU on the outside, um, mm-hmm. which is something to be worried about, I guess. But also, TCU scored a million points a game last year too. They're good. They are. Yeah, I mean, they eight. only had yeah. three returning starters on offense. It is worth. Yes, that. yes, but Sonny Dykes is, has always scored points wherever he's been. Yes, Sonny Dykes yes. will score points. Big shout out to Seth Alufal versus Jared Goff. That's right, baby. Yeah, forget that. 59-52 loss. I remember that very well. Tony Jones with the wrong way on an overtime handoff. Seth Lufo got sacked, game over. Um, but all of this to say that, yeah, the defense was that. I mean, the, the, the start of the show yesterday was the offense, right? The defense definitely had some stuff to work on. We kind of knew that um, going in. I think, like, there's going to be, you know, there were issues. There's issues. This team is not perfect. No one should right, but um, running game for sure. TCU ran the hell out of the ball yesterday. Uh, I had plenty of success against this defensive line. Anyone else want to talk about before we talk about the defense? Well, I I think with the defense, we. We got lucky with, um, again, the Woods interception and then Hunter just being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Hunter in general was the star on the defense. when He like he shut down Savion Williams, who was supposed to be the next Quinton Johnson at fucking 6'5", <laughs> 225 pounds. Um, but other than that, other than like really Hunter and Woods, the defensive line was getting just thrown around. The linebacking core was having to play really aggressive towards the line of scrimmage, and they kept getting picked apart on like little crossing routes. Yeah. Um, and I'm I am concerned that we can't generate a pass rush. 
and we can't stop the run. That was that was the biggest surprise to me. Was I was expecting a lot more out of the outside linebacker group and like Jordan Dominic, especially. Um, mm-hmm. really, we could not get any pressure until the last, literally the last offensive play of the game for TCU, um, which is concerning. Um, a lot was made about CU's size before this game. I thought the offensive line looked just fine, but I did think at times the defensive line looked a little small out there. Now, TCU's mm-hmm. offensive line is like top 10 biggest in the country, yeah. so they are good, also. Like, they have legit yeah. guys, yeah. Um, so, I, that won't be a huge issue for the rest of the season. But, yes, I, t- I totally agree. The linebackers had to get sucked up to the line of scrimmage, which allowed those crossing routes to get used over and over again. And TCU has a legit tight end. I don't think CU has anyone that can really cover a legit tight end right now. Um, no. At least not until DeMore Kennedy plays. Um, yeah, why, why didn't he play? I don't know. I don't know. Um, DeMore Kennedy did not play. We also did not see Jawan Mitchell, and we will absolutely see Jawan Mitchell next week play. Um, That's the Arizona State transfer, who was yes, uh, yeah. special teams. By way of Tennessee, by way of Texas. Yeah, he was. He, this is his sixth year, fourth school. Um, How did but he get approved he is, already? He's he grad transferred. Okay, um, and we can't get Tyler Brown on the offensive line? No, because the NCAA does not believe his mental health appeal. So, yes, oh, we cannot. Oh, great. No, that's um, I love the NCAA. I, I, hey, you know what? They've been denying everyone, man. But yeah, I uh, the defense. Had, I I I was not upset. I thought the corners played a really good game. I thought Amari mm-hmm. Cooper was better than I expected. Oh yeah, Cooper was great. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, I thought Miles Slusher was really good all game. Mm-hmm. He's that star Nickelback from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think up front absolutely need. Tyler was okay, right? Like, nothing – he was in and around the action, but not much. Ten, ten tackles. Got absolutely okay. burned on one of TCU's tackles. Just missed the open field. Yeah, that bothered me a lot. I mean, and, and he's not Trevor Woods. Uh, we both love Trevor Woods. We have to see the freshman. That guy is still legit. His interception was – you could say that they threw it at him, but also, like, that was a really good play. Like, that was just a no, really good No, no, I know. He, he, read the, he read it. He made yeah. the play. Um, so, I mean, yeah. he, again, football guy. He's yeah, exactly. Not ask He's him a football what his politics guy. are, but those guys do play good ball. <laughs> well, Deion Sanders isn't about politics, Sam. He's about people. No, but no, uh, yeah, you don't need that if you're a safety yeah. from Katy, Texas, wearing number forty-three. It's fine. Um, just <laughs> is, go out he, there and Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. The defense obviously was the more concerning part of the game yesterday. TCU is a good offense, probably a top four offense CU's going to play this year. Top three, maybe even, between Oregon, USC, and TCU. Um, so, I don't know. Concerning for sure. And and I want – I am looking forward to next week. We should get some nice players back in the depth chart. That should help some of that upfront stuff, I'm mm, hoping. Okay, yeah. Um, how, how are we feeling right now? Like. Just generally, like obviously we're feeling great. <laughs> Do we think like like is that is the defense gonna be enough? Are we just gonna have to win these games fifty two to forty five? Um, is Shadur gonna have to play like this every single week just to get by? So let's remember two things. Number one, CU's win total over under was three and a half before this game. Yeah. Number two, 
see was picked 11th in the Pac-12 in the preseason media poll. Okay. I think both of those look like absolute jokes after t- yesterday. So, yes. number one, okay. I, I, I think that suddenly we look like we're in the middle of the pack at the very worst. And yes, Sam, I think worst case for that is that we will score every game and we won't allow – we will have no defense every game. And that means that we're going to lose some shootouts and we're going to win some shootouts. I'll I think up for that. <laughs> I think best case – I think best case – and this is this is how I, this I guess this is what I believe. Um, no other team in the country, in my opinion, has a better case for improving as the season goes on than CU does. Mm-hmm. Um, this team came together in I don't know four weeks, right? Kind of mm-hmm. like we didn't. Uh, and here's the other thing: is we have two linebackers right now that are hurt and going through and because and they didn't come they didn't get to boulder until late august right brendan gant didn't get to boulder until late august we're not going to see him until conference play juan mitchell didn't get to boulder until late august we're going to see him next week like mm-hmm. and on the other side alton mccaskill might be our third best offensive player and we didn't see him this week he wanted to play but Deion sanders said no we want you at 100 percent. we don't want you to play at 90 we want you to play at 100 he, he is legit. Like, he is real. We didn't see yeah. him at all this week. Kavassia Smoke, we didn't see him at all this week. Landon Beebe, starting offensive lineman, we didn't see him this week. Like, these are people that are going to start playing. We, we were down, like, five or six starters. Caleb Fourier is going to play next week after, oh, after missing time this week, okay. you know? Michael Harrison was good, by the way. I thought, yeah, I, I thought he did exactly what we expected him to, a tight end to do with this offense. I, I mm-hmm. like that for him. So... All of that added with the obvious cohesion that I would imagine CU is going to grow on because no other team came together quicker than CU did, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I would say that if the defense up front can get a little bit stouter and TCU is good, um, you're going to see some games where CU might just blow people out. Like, it, for a good example, ASU beat Southern Utah by three points this week. Mm. And they're starting a true freshman quarterback who can't make decisions as quick as Chandler Morris can or Caleb mm-hmm. Williams can or, you know, like, I don't know. Is that – that I'm looking at that game being like we have – they did the same thing CU did We're where they got a bunch them. of transfers. And they're going to get better. But CU has more talent and going to get better faster. That might be a game where Shadour Sanders misses five passes and, like, CU moves the ball at will. And Arizona State has three or four drives to end in punts. And that ends up being like a 35 to 10, 35 to 13 game or something like that, right? That might happen mm-hmm. now. That's a legit possibility. So that, I next guess, week too. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen next week in terms of <laughs> not anything. I, 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 do you see a, a Nebraska blowout happening? Because I watched Nebraska play. Do you see a Nebraska, you Nebraska blowout happening? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, Jeff Sims as a quarterback, um, I've never seen a quarterback stare people down more frequently. And he threw three picks. Minnesota's a good defense, but he threw three picks against Minnesota, right? They lost, what, 13 to 10, something like that? They lost 13 to 10 in a heartbreaking uh, <laughs> last-second field goal. And the, the, the issue with Nebraska fans watching that is it just it felt like a re- it felt like a redo of the uh, Scott Frost era. And I think that's part of why it hurt so much. Honestly, for yeah. a Matt Rule's first game, it's kind of what you—they played tough on the road against a, a conference opponent. 
I Matt Rule's a builder. He's a slow builder. So, like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a pretty good start for him. But I think some ghosts came back for that, which makes the Nebraska fans a little nervous. And then, of course, watching CU, what they did yesterday on the road against a Power 5 opponent that was better than Minnesota will be mm-hmm. and win um, has to make them nervous for that game. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the line yesterday be for that scared. So the Nebraska line yesterday players? for that game went from Nebraska eight and a half to CU one and a half in one game in one day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to expect that to move throughout the week, um, maybe. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not scared of Jeff Tim throwing the ball at all. Um, we'll talk about this maybe if we do a preview pod as well. I'm not scared of Jeff Tim throwing the ball at all. I am. They can run. Nebraska has size, and they will run the ball. I don't know. 8 million times, like, as much as they possibly can, they will run the football. Travis Hunter is going to max out at, like, 55 defensive snaps because that's all that Nebraska is going to want to run. So, but I think if we score every possession, which is a possibility, which is a possibility with this offense, I don't know. I I can't see anything other than either a close win or maybe not so close win. Yeah, I was wondering about the this before the season started that – I thought that the offense would sometimes look like a Shiverini offense where they would just go like three and out while taking like 35 seconds off the clock and that the the defense would just kind of get beaten down and then never have any time to rest. But it looks like Lewis, well, I mean, like he's a 20 times better coach than Shiv, as we've seen. Um, It looks like he actually knows how to manage time. Sanders knows how to manage time. He's not going to make panicky decisions like the quarterbacks we've had under Shiv. And, like, I think that it's less of an issue of, uh, like, like the whole team just being exhausted. Like, like, we don't have to worry about, like, just getting demolished in time of possession against big physical teams. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Sean that was Lewis, one of my biggest things. Sean Lewis called one of the best games I can remember seeing. Um, called like he that that is exactly what great coordinators look like and it was so mm-hmm. fun to see he knew the weaknesses like you said so it was quick throws it was moving the pocket he didn't want TCU to have a real big pass rush right and he knew the strengths he knew CU was fast as hell on the edge he knew that CU had wide receivers that could win in one-on-one matchups and he called exactly to that the entire game he never got bored of it right he never got bored of taking those six-yard in routes to Horn and Weaver. Yeah, but then they if it works, it works. Don't get it. You don't need to get cute. Yeah. So, like, he's so good. John Lewis is so good. Um, hold on him for as long as possible. And it, it's exciting to have confidence in a play caller like that. Um, oh, and competence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, yeah. And like you said, you, he can trust Shadour Sanders. He trusts Shadour Sanders. That's another thing. Like, Shadour Sanders will make that play nine times out of ten. Literally eight times out of ten if you go by a completion percentage yesterday. He will make the play. So, like, that that helps, too. I don't know. It, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Man, that was fun. Um. So, so we can we will figure out Nebraska more because I, I don't know who is on the team. I don't know how they look. Um, well, the other thing that's great to see you too is that Nebraska's best defensive player, in my mind, is the defensive lineman Ty Robinson, who was ejected for targeting, so he will miss the first oh, half next nice. week. Nice, that's good. We love that. 
Well, I think uh, the next best thing we need is for a different def- Nebraska defensive player to talk all, all kinds of shit this week. Yeah. And to power Seriously. our spite. But it looks like I think yeah. our team is probably powered by spite enough as is, right? Like with all the FCS transfers and second or third chance guys, like everybody wants to prove themselves. So did you watch any of the uh, the, the no. videos or the press conference no. or anything? Okay. No. So that, that is one thing. That is one thing that Deion Sanders did yesterday. Someone asked him about Shadour Sanders, and before the rest of the question come out, Deion Sanders kept saying, like, Dude, Shadour Sanders? From Jackson State? From HBCU Jackson State? That one? Oh, okay, interesting. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, talk your shit, man. Like, this is what you, – you, they're right. And that's, that's you know, I just – it's exactly God. Yesterday is exactly how the storybook should have gone, right? That's that's how the movie, if it's a feel good movie, and these guys all came together for a common goal, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was so fun to watch. So let's let's wrap up these thoughts. We had a lot to talk about, um, and a lot of emotions to process, but um. Any anything else from yesterday that we want to mention? Um, I just see you starting starts one to know. Oh, um, do you have anything? Let me think. I do. Okay. So I listened to like every national podcast that went live last night because yes. they all are going to talk about CU first, and I wanted to hear what they had to say. And uh, overall, people gave props. I I didn't quite hear enough. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Than I wanted, but I don't think I'll ever hear enough. I'm sorry, I was wrong about this team so i get it um the other thing that is annoying me sometimes right now is i'm hearing people say things like well we don't know what this means for the rest of the year we don't know how good cu actually is tcu took a big step back and all this stuff which is true which might all be true that's correct it is true yeah but the the other side of that is to me as a cu fan going hey dude shut the hell up we beat cal by one point last year at home that was the one game that cu won a year ago cu just beat a top 20 team ranked on the road in the first game under a new coach i do not care if that means that tcu is overrated or what that means the rest of the year shut up shut up this is incredible this is literally what everyone said could not happen cu was 20 and a half point underdogs yesterday I listened to all the preview episodes before this week. Everyone bet against TCU, right? Cover three pod, all four lock. They all said it's a lock that TCU is going to cover 20 and a half, right? All of them. Everyone yeah. said this. Everyone Spencer Hall said that they would TCU would win by 11 to 30 points or whatever. No one, literally no one picked CU to win outright, except for Randy Cross. Shout out Randy Cross and CBS Sports Network and Keyshawn nice. Johnson. That's it. That is it. No one else. Guys, that's that's all I care about. That's all I do not care if it's better to see the rest of the year or what that means and if the defense is concerning, blah blah blah. We can talk about that as fans. But for right now, guys, the year won a game that no one thought they were going to win. And I so I I don't know. I got mad because I kept being like, you can do the analysis shit, but I also kind of want to hear more on stories, and I'm never gonna hear enough on stories. I'm just gonna keep the receipts, as Deion Sanders said. So, anyways. Yes. Um, my thing is that I would like to say that after the first drive, I said in our Slack chat, we're going to win this, which I was happy about uh, because, and I told my friends, oh, we're going to get smacked, but maybe, maybe we can be competitive. And then I was 
So, uh, but we're yeah. homers. We don't count. We don't, we're homers. Yeah. Uh, last thing, I think that, like, literally, we had no idea what to expect from this team. We didn't know what anything would look like. We didn't know who, who would be starting. Um, much less, like, how many games we would have win. So I want to look with you at the schedule and figure out what what's a realistic what what are we thinking now like bowl eligibility looks a lot nicer now than it did 26 so, hours ago I, I would say at this point now it's not a huge guarantee but i would say at this point it is probably more likely than not that CU is 3-0 heading to Oregon for the conference opener. Yes. Which we're going to be ranked this week, by the way. We're going to come in with a nice little... Don't love that. Week. Don't Let's love that. that. Sorry, but... But anyway, so yes, that, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Is yeah. I think CU is now likely to go 3-0. And once again, nationally, I think most people were, were saying the CU might start 0-3, might start 1-2 with the CSU game. Tom Fornelli by cover three saying that CSU might beat CU. They have more talent. Just saying, just saying. Anyways, CU's 3-0, probably going into Oregon. I'm expecting 3-2 out of the USC Oregon. Top, the first five games coming out 3-2. Yeah, Better than my wildest dreams before the year. Better okay. than my wildest dreams before the year. Okay. Beat down against Arizona State, as we predict. Yup. Yup. All right. So we're at 4-2. and two. Stanford? Yup. 5-2 and two right there. 5-2. and two. At UCLA, six five and three, five and three. But sure. close game, yeah. close that game. Could be a, close that game. could be a weird game too. Dante Moore is the truth. Dante Moore. Oregon is the State truth. at home, five and four. Close win. No, no, no. Close win. Six okay. and three. I think they're gonna run it down our throats. That's fine. We'll score faster. Okay, five and four for me. Five, six and three for you. So you're at bowl eligibility. I get the yep. bowl eligibility with a beat down of Arizona. Seven and three. Okay, six and four. I hate that I'm doing I'm, – I'm not doing – I don't like this exercise anymore. I'm getting way too excited. Okay, sorry. Go All ahead. Right. At Washington State, do we know anything? Yeah, they they, they beat the hell out of CSU yesterday. Uh, once again, an upset – Kenny upset pick for a lot of uh, national pundits, CSU plus 12. Not even close. Um, I will say – I'll go seven and four, I guess. I don't know. What am I at? Is that the 11th game of the year is Washington State? You were at seven and three. You want to go a, a loss? The second to last game of the year is Washington State. Yeah, it's gonna be a okay. gross Friday night. Yeah, I'll do seven and four. I'll do seven and four. I want the 13. win. Give me that ugly win. We're so now you're at seven and four. I'm at seven and four. And wow. we're at seven and five because Utah runs for 400 yards on us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. In a disgusting game. Actually, those last two games can be will probably be just absolutely disgusting and horrible to watch but that's okay um okay so we're at seven wins each jack maybe six and six if we're being a little more conservative maybe five and seven if we're i'll take five and seven i don't give a fuck this is great (laughs) well yeah dude five and seven (laughs) after last year yeah dude and with this schedule are you kidding me here's the other thing though is if we do get to six and six going through that, which I think is a huge possibility. Um, you know, I this, recruiting is already insane for next year. We'll be looking at the number one transfer class again because that's how oh, you're it. more concerned with an extra month of practice. 
Well, and here's what I'm saying is if you go six and six, he's going to lose some seniors to the draft. They just are, which is fine. But um, recruiting is already great. If CU makes a bowl and delivers on that promise and Dion year one after what oh, yeah. he took over, CU's talent level, like that's going to be yeah. insane in 2024. And if Shador Sanders stays, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself totally, but. Best case scenario, CU goes to a bowl. They have the number one transfer class again in a top 25 yep. high school class. Fedor Sanders stays. John Lewis somehow stays for another year. And uh, nice. get real excited. Get real excited about junior Travis Hunter yeah. and senior oh, I think my Sanders. prediction, okay. My prediction after this, okay. We go five and seven. We get a shit ton of recruits because five and seven with this rebuild even looks plausible. Uh, number one transfer. Class top twenty five recruiting class. I, as you've said. I should say five and seven does not exclude you from a bowl anymore. And every single oh. bowl in the country will be looking at the APIs APR scores, and they will choose Colorado first because of how okay. big the fan base is, right? Because of how okay, big yeah. of a circus it is. Um. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. So we we make a bowl game at five and seven. Um. I'll take that. Um. Would have saved Mike McIntyre's job. <laughs> and. Okay, so we go into next year. Shadur comes back. Uh, Hunter stays because he can't leave yet. He would be the a top five pick. Um, and then we do get the transfers that we missed out on. The big offensive linemen, the big defensive linemen. Um, we replace enough of our guys. We keep moving along. And we go into the Big 12 season. Go eight and four, nine and three. Goes crazy. Everyone's going crazy. Uh, I think you're underselling. I'm underselling. Okay, ten and two. Fuck it. Who's better? Who's better in the Big Twelve next year, man? If we get the right schedule draw, who's better? I don't know. Well, I don't know who in the Big Twelve is. Um, but okay, okay. And then okay, so we go ten and two. We win the Big Twelve, eleven and two. We make the eighteen playoff. As the eight seed, we get fucking smacked by the top seed. Nick Saban wins the national championship. He retires on top. This is essentially just fanfic, by the way. But yes, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who calls him in is Deion Sanders goes through a place, Alabama. And Sean Lewis somehow stays and he becomes the next head coach of Colorado. And it, the momentum continues. We keep going and going and going. That's my, that's my prediction. That's what's going to happen. My. After one game, <laughs> yeah, this—that's we are literally into fan fiction level here. But yeah, uh, after one because game, I don't think, like, I don't think, like, Dion is going to stay for that long. If he's successful, I don't think he stays. Right? Who cares? the assumption. This, this, who cares? But who, who cares? cares? No, I mean, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing if he leaves after a few years either. Like, obviously, this rebuild is not necessarily something that you can look at sustainably. Um, but it's fine. And like, it's great. If it's two years and out, I'm okay. If it's rebuilt, good, good. That was the point. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, no one else could do it this quick and this fully. And uh, it's already Matt to me. It's, once again, we've already hit it. We've already, we've already hit what we needed. Everyone, literally every single college football show was talking about Colorado first, second, and third yesterday and today. Patrick Mahomes watched the entire CU game. Jalen Ramsey watched the entire CU game. Why are you talking about this when Dwayne I was like, McKinley? Dwayne McKinley Wade. right the fourth was tweeting during the game. That's what exactly. matters. Exactly. My favorite NBA player. 
Evan Batty. Yes. <laughs> not right now. Like, he's these, not signed on a contract. But like these are these are things that doesn't that don't happen to other like this is why you make that you swing. This is why you swing so hard. You know, Warren Sapp is just gonna yeah. like live in Boulder for the next month, right? Like Terrell Owens is around, Michael Irvin is around. Like all they'll keep coming back. Antonio Brown said he's gonna have tickets to the Nebraska game. Which okay, now that me, um, but whatever you've talked about. Now that you've talked about what you want to talk about, uh, can we talk about Lithuania beating the U.S. in the <laughs> World Cup? In basketball? Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Can we can we end on this? Sure, man. Let's do it. It's because Cody Williams isn't playing. Um, you can't blame this one on Tab. Can't blame this one on Tab. <laughs> you can't do it on him, man. Tell you who's happiest guy in the world right now. It's that goddamn Boyle. He's a big CU fan, <laughs> football fan. And those oh, that if he he's gonna push his absolute hardest to get the basketball OVs for that September 9th game because he oh, loves yes. doing that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tickets are four hundred dollars now. By the way, tickets are four hundred dollars now. By the way, do we even have? Okay, we'll figure we'll figure out our press pass. Who's going? Okay. Um, and then the last bit here. See, you made three hundred thousand dollars in season ticket sales just yesterday. And it's oh almost sold God. out of all single game tickets for the entire season. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's it's just it's yeah. what a what a brand new day. Yeah, okay. That'll that'll pay for the coach. That'll pay for the NIL. <laughs> Invest in the program, please, Edmund. Yep. It makes money. Yep. Dude, Bill Simmons tweeted yesterday, how do I become a uh, Colorado booster? Do I just Venmo Deion Sanders? Like <laughs> that's what we're living. That's how we're living right now. Venmo me. Watch yeah. Ralphie. Watch uh, listen to Total Ralphie Radio five star reviews. Uh, that's right. That's technically our yeah, our semi boss. Ben me at Sam Dash. What? It's our semi boss, I guess. Is Bill Simmons kind of? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea who owns our podcasting stuff. Um. Yeah, that was fun, Jack. That was a fun hour and a half pod, maybe. Yeah, a little bit easier than last year's. I know you got more to say. I know I got more to say, but we're going to run out of words. Yeah, for now, let's just enjoy the victory, huh? Victory laps, victory laps around, victory laps next week. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Time to beat the let's best go. CSU. All right, All right Jack, are we done? We're done. All right, we're done. Buzz! Buzz! Buzz!